Well, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Discussions Unfiltered podcast. If we haven't met yet, I would like to think we have, but if we haven't, my name's Lorna Scully and I am a digital marketing coach and consultant and I help small businesses, small creative businesses, up-level their online game using all types of digital marketing in a way that works for them and doesn't feel like work. And oh today's episode is a little bit different so for those of you who know me personally you'll know that I have been a long-term fan of a guy called Stephen Bartlett he is the ex now ex CEO of a digital marketing or social media marketing agency in the UK and he has a podcast called the diary of a CEO and I followed Steve for years I mean years Uh, and I think I'm not going to call it an obsession I'm I'm not going with obsession but I think my liking for him is that I can relate in the sense that we didn't have the same upbringing or anything like that but he's obviously very much in the same space as me and he's also about a year older than me so there is a level of feeling inadequate with that but anyway I digress his podcast originally started out with him quite literally talking his listeners through his diary from the week before and I didn't think that I was going to have a guest episode to be able to share with you this week and so I bravely put it out into the world on Instagram of course onto my stories and I popped a poll up asking if people would be interested in what had happened during my week, what had made it into my diary and honestly it was probably the most answered poll I think I've ever put up (laughs) and it was a resounding yes. So firstly you guys are nosy but I feel really vulnerable. (laughs) Um, but I think it might actually surprise quite a few of you because it's not, I've not always been one for writing a diary. Um, we're not talking like the dear diary and I'm going to talk about my love life. That's, that's not what this is. So if that's what you came for, then skedaddle. Um, but essentially I think in the last couple of years, I have started putting a lot more time and effort into reading, into reflecting, into questioning everything and this week was absolutely no different. So I have eight bullet points, I'm going to try my hardest not to just babble but if you're just wanting to be nosy, it's not necessarily any kind of business or marketing related, there's a few bits in there but Other than that, it's just an insight into what happened with my week, what I learned, what I questioned, and some of the conversations I've almost had with myself, which I know is going to make me sound rather weird, but we all do it. I'm not, I'm not having it. I know you do it. So, deep breath. Without further ado, here's this week's episode.
Okay, so point number one, I have written down there are a lot of shoulds online. So this is something that came up with my conversation that I had with Claire from Moxie, which is actually a podcast episode. You can go, feel free to go and listen to that. And I basically took that out of that conversation, made it into my diary. I wanted to kind of jot down my thoughts about it. And I also, it also made it over to Instagram. And I just, I think it kind of came from the fact that I think when you're online and you work in a certain niche, industry, whatever you want to call it, you all of a sudden become surrounded by a lot of other people like you, which can essentially enforce, I guess is the right word, enforce that comparison feeling. And so because of what I do, it I engage with a lot of potential clients, people that I would like to work with, and that's great. But I also seem to attract very much people that are doing similar things to me. And that's fine. There have been on occasion, and I'm never going to say any names, there has been on occasion where I have fallen into a real big comparison thing. But then on the flip side of that, there are some people that I feel push and promote the you should do this, you should do that. And that's where this kind of point comes from because I think, especially with the world we're living in right now, there's so much pressure and we can't can't be adding to that. So telling a bunch of people, a group of people, small business owners, business owners in general, whatever that is, that they should be doing something, in my mind just added to the noise and I don't think it's that productive and it started to make me feel a certain kind of way um I don't I don't want to say angry but I think we've started to do things because we think we should do them not because we want to do them not because it makes us happy not because it drives certain results we do it because that person over there is doing it and therefore I should do it and Honestly, I can't remember if it came up in the conversation with Claire, but the biggest place I see this happening is in Facebook groups. So because of what I do, I am a member of a lot of Facebook groups and some of them are massive, absolutely enormous. So you've got to think about 60 or 70,000 people in a group all clamouring and all trying to get an opinion or advice or whatever it is and from time to time I see you know this isn't happening my engagement's dropped on Instagram or I don't know how to grow my Facebook page likes and all of this kind of stuff and all of a sudden you will see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments from every single different type of business owner niche industry product service base all of them saying have you tried this you should do this you should do that you should do this and it just infuriates me because I think if I was that person and I had three four hundred people telling me I should be doing every single potential tactic there is on the planet 
I would go into a sense, a state of overwhelm and not want to do anything. And I don't know if that's just me. Again, this is quite personal. It is what I've written down. It's my thoughts and feelings. Um, But I think we almost kind of need to switch, flick that switch on, I should do this, to I want to do this. And there to be a reason that you want to do it. And, you know, if that's to get more followers, as much as I don't agree with that, if that's your reasoning and that's why you want to do it, then that's you. Cool. You do you. i got a lot of time for that. I've got a lot of respect for that. But doing something because you should do it, the amount of people I've heard and the conversations I've had saying, I know I should show my face on Instagram stories. Jeez. It, it almost hurts me a little bit to think that somebody feels that pressured that the reason that they're not happy in their business right now is because they think that they should show their face on Instagram stories and it's going to solve all their problems. Yeah, I think that's all I've got to say on that point. So point number two, I've just written, what's my why? (laughs) So I think this came from a multitude of places this week, if I'm honest. But essentially, I am a bit of a hoarder when it comes to books nowadays, uh, which I'm pretty sure if you told any of my, you know, secondary school teachers, they would laugh in your face and they would call you a liar because I hated reading when I was at school. (laughs) Now I'm fully fledged read every day. And I was looking for a new book uh, to purchase and the Start With Why by Simon Sinek kept coming up time and time and time and time again. So I thought, okay, let's just have a ganders at the reviews, see what people are saying. And actually, after reading probably a 100 reviews, a lot of people said it was quite repetitive and they didn't really feel like they got much more from it than what they learned from his TED Talk. So off I popped to YouTube to find the 18 and a half minute long TED Talk. And I thought, oh God, why would I spend a tenner if I'm going to learn the same thing from an 18 minute video? So I watched the video a couple of times. And actually, it made a lot of sense. So anyone that isn't familiar with the with Simon's work, um, he talks about a logic that he's almost created called the golden circle. And he gives some really good examples, actually. And I'm not going to go too much into it. If it's something that you want to find out, then feel free to go and Google. Um, But the thing that got me the most, I think, was... So he gives three examples. He gives the example of Apple, the example of the Wright brothers, um, who took the first successful flight, and uh, Dr. Martin Luther, Luther King. And I think just from talking those situations through, those examples through, it made a lot of sense to me. And I think that a lot of us get kind of pent up and held up on the... So that basically the golden circle is a small circle in the middle, which is why, with a, a, a bigger circle around that, which is how, and a bigger circle around that, which is what... And he talks about how the majority of kind of companies, all of their marketing tactics, messages, all of that kind of stuff, always go from the outside in. 
But the ones that really work, the ones that really succeed, go from the inside out. They always start with why, then they go to how, then they go to what. And that's where those examples came in. And in all honesty, it really resonated. And I thought, actually, yeah, I do that. I go outside in. So let's explore that. And then it just kind of got me thinking that actually, yeah, a lot of us don't really know why we do the things that we do. From a from a business point of view, regardless of how big your business is, whether it's just you kind of sat there making clay earrings and candles or whether you're part of a bigger organisation. And, you know, he talks a lot about beliefs and when you have that thing that you believe in and you communicate that and you stand for something that is so much bigger than not just you not just your business and not just revenue and making money when you actually stand for something you attract like-minded people they become your people and it is so true and I think although the apple example makes the most sense if you want to go and listen to it, I'll, I'll even put a link uh, to the YouTube video in the show notes. I think the one that actually made it really click for me was when he talked about uh, Martin Luther King, because he talks about the fact that, you know, back then we didn't have websites, they didn't send out invites, there wasn't, you couldn't pop online and double check the time and the date and the location of when Martin Luther King was going to give his speech. And yet 250,000 people showed up to listen to that speech. And when you think about the speech itself, he obviously says, I believe. And all of those people were there, not for Martin Luther King. They were there because they had the same beliefs. And I think that's what made it really click for me. Which obviously moves me on to point number three. And it got me thinking about what my why is my much bigger why and I'll be brutally honest it's not something that I'm I'm still not overly clear on it however I do think just by taking the time to put down my phone shut Instagram not look at my emails not be on zoom all of that kind of stuff and just write and just get everything out of my head with the question of why do I do what I do has made me start to question a lot of things And I think it's become very apparent. I also asked a couple of friends and got into a really deep conversation with one friend. And, you know, she was saying to me, Lorna, you're just at at the very crux of it. You're just a helper. You like to help people. You like to try and fix people and fix people's problems. And I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because I don't I think it can be quite a bad thing but she's absolutely right and in every way possible if you on a personal level look at my ex-boyfriends it's totally true if you look at my old jobs I would always be the one that you know if someone said oh we don't know how to do this then I'm gonna find out and I'm gonna try and fix it regardless of whether it was my job or not and yeah I guess that's just who I am. Um, I still don't know how I feel about it, but (laughs) it just is what it is. And so it got me very much thinking about work because anybody that follows me on Instagram will know that I had a bit of a a a lull month, if you like, in October time. 
I very much didn't really show up online, didn't really show my face. And for someone that was using Instagram stories every single day was a bit of a shocker to some people. I received some lovely messages, which thank you for that if you're listening. Just double checking if I was okay. And I just needed a break. The The noise on Instagram had just got way too much. And I think if it wasn't for my very lovely clients, I probably would have just not worked. And so this is when I kind of watched that video and started writing and questioning everything. And I kind of tried to work out how I could incorporate that into my job, into my work. And I think with my day job, I just, as I say, I like to help people. It's just what I like to do. But for whatever reason, it didn't feel like it was working, working for me, working for clients. And I just wanted to try and work out how I could change that for the better. And so I created a four-week program called the E-Commerce Accelerator, T for short, (laughs) Um, which I've had a couple of messages of people absolutely howling at that because I don't like tea or coffee for that matter. But yeah, so I wanted to kind of try and help more people at the same time, but not lose that personal element, that that personal advice, that personal kind of me sharing my experiences and my advice and my expertise of 10 years in this industry. And so yeah, so I created this four-week program called the e-commerce accelerator basically aimed at product-based businesses and it's four weeks where we will go through each week with a live teach uh, you'll have workshops all the support you need the community element and a one-to-one with me we'll go through a very simplified marketing funnel and yeah we'll just kind of tick all of those really important boxes because I think the more people I spoke to, the more market research I did, it was becoming very apparent that some people genuinely think that just kind of posting on Instagram every single day is marketing and that's just what it is and that's the customers will come to them and honestly there is so much more to it and I just want to help and be a resource for people that need that help. So point number four in my diary is I've just written what we see isn't always reality. It's our perception. And that became so bloody apparent this week and not in a nice way, if I'm honest. So I have a friend who will not be named and I hope she doesn't mind me mentioning this. Um but I'm just going to keep her out of it altogether. But she's grown a relatively big following on Instagram. And, you know, she gets shared by big time influencers and magazines and publications. And that's amazing. And from the outside looking in, it would look like she's absolutely smashing it. And now I wouldn't say I know her too personally, but I would class her as a friend. And I made the misjudgment of messaging her and saying, you're absolutely smashing it, go you. And her reply broke my heart saying that she pretty much cries every day 
and she absolutely wasn't smashing it and her bank balance didn't reflect that and so I frankly did what I would hope anybody would do and I reached out and I offered some time to just chat and so we had a zoom call and she got really upset and it's gonna make me upset (laughs) um yeah it just I think that just goes to prove that I want to help and fix people um but I think you know we all do it we all see this modern day success of having hundreds of thousands of followers and it doesn't mean anything and when I talk to clients when I do podcast episodes I always help right say don't worry it's a vanity metric it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean that they've got all the money in in the bank it doesn't mean that you're successful and yet I fell into that trap by texting her and saying you're absolutely smashing it and it absolutely tore me apart to see her get upset because it wasn't going how she wanted it to go and I think it's one thing to be to want to be transparent and to want to tell people that it's not going the way you want it to go it's not I'm not smashing it my bank balance doesn't reflect that but that's also really 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 fucking hard because it's just the state of vulnerability this for me right now I feel incredibly like open and ready for attack and I'm recording this in a room by myself I don't know when you're going to listen to this I don't know what your opinion is going to be and I'm trying so hard to not care but there's a state of opening yourself up and being vulnerable even though I know so many people of these eight bullet points so many people are going to resonate with at least one of them or it's going to make you think and so I guess just to round off that point don't believe everything you see don't make assumptions and to those of you who people are making assumptions about just because it's not going how you want it to right now just because you whatever you've defined as success isn't happening right now doesn't mean that it won't and you are doing an absolutely stellar job please don't give up Point number five, I jotted down the question of do we as human beings actually really value free stuff? So the reason this piped up this week is because obviously what's going on in the world right now and with me finally establishing that I just want to help, I basically reached out to my local community. So just like I can only assume a lot of places have, we have uh, like a village Facebook group where everyone shares events and stuff that's going on in the village. It's a relatively big village now. I don't even think we can call it a village anymore. But I popped a post in there saying that I just wanted to help. And if I could, then anybody could message me. And so I kind of gave a tiny bit of background info about what I do as a job, who I've worked for, how long I've been doing it, that kind of thing. And offered five one hour slots to anybody that felt like they could use it and the post got quite a lot of engagement you know there was a lot of kind of comments saying this is really kind this is so lovely of you and I told people to kind of dm me if they were interested because I can 
I can understand that that's quite a vulnerable thing in itself to kind of put in a public forum that I need help. So I probably had seven, eight, nine DMs from people saying, I would absolutely love your help. Um, and, you know, what, what do I need to do next? So because of the way I work and I'm genuinely trying to value my own time as well as everybody else's, not overwork myself, but also help. I basically put a really quick questionnaire just on Google Forms to kind of gather some information and also sent them a link to my calendar via Calendly so that they could book a time that was good for them. And honestly, how many people do you think booked a time and filled out the form? Absolutely none. Um... And yeah, it just, it made me just question, do we value free stuff? I think if it's a physical, tangible product, then sometimes we can. But then it also kind of got me thinking, what was the last thing I got for for free? And how much care and attention? How much did I look after it? And I think personally, I don't, you know, I don't think that we, we do value free stuff. How many free downloads have you got sitting in your inbox that you've downloaded because you thought it was a great idea, but you've never actually opened again, never used, never made use of, and someone's taken the time to put that thing together. And so, yeah, it just, it got me thinking. It was a little bit um, soul destroying that so many people said yes, and then nobody, it almost kind of felt like nobody could be bothered to put the effort in to fill the form out. And as much as I want to help, I also can't do everything for everybody. So yeah, it just got me thinking. Point number six, and actually something that came up again with my conversation with Claire last week, but it was after we'd stopped recording, (laughs) was about the fact of how it's almost becoming quite apparent that I think, from my personal point of view, again, obviously, is that a lot of people are almost afraid to say what they think, say how they feel in the fear of being judged. And I think that's a human, the fundamental (laughs) basis of a human. We're all like that, I think, to a certain extent. But also it kind of, I've written down in my diary, muted society. Because I think it almost feels like everybody has become so scared to say anything in the fear of pissing somebody off, saying the wrong thing and being called out and, you know, cancel culture is a real thing and it's bloody horrible. Over the past couple of months, you know, uh, I'm sure thousands of us have watched one particular individual, again, I'm not going to say any names, absolutely get her life turned upside down and I read some of the comments against that woman and... I think a lot of people are lacking a serious amount of empathy because you have no bloody clue what that girl's gone through. You didn't experience it firsthand. Yes, you've got an opinion, but frankly, as my mother always taught me, you've got nothing nice to say, you say nothing at all. And you certainly don't say it behind a private profile that's got no face against it, a fake name, and be an absolute coward. And I, I actually don't care if somebody disagrees with that, with me on that. 
that's absolutely fine. You can disagree with that. You're not one of my people. I think it's absolutely outrageous for some of the stuff that has been said against this particular individual and so many other people just for living their lives and sharing it online. I think it takes a certain personality to be able to open up that much online anyway. So to then use that against them makes you a certain kind of individual. And I think it's pretty disgusting. But on a lighter note, <laughs> it re- honestly it really got under my skin and it really upset me. And I think cancel culture has become such a thing that it has forced people especially kind of younger people, I think, and it's only going to get worse, to be so scared of saying something that they might think or feel or believe in the fear that someone's going to call them out, put them down and just cancel them. And from somebody with three relatively young nieces, that scares the crap out of me. And as a side note to that, I think it's not... I kind of almost started to realise that it is the people that go the extra mile, that do put themselves out there, that do stand for something, that do show up and show a sense of vulnerability and open their mouths and say, actually, I feel like this, that will win because they're being human, regardless of whether you want to cancel them, regardless of whether you agree with them or not. They're a much bigger person for saying, actually, I'm human. By cancelling them, you're telling them that they're not allowed to be human. And it kind of comes back round to that thought of people being scared to put their face on camera. I know that's a confidence thing. And I've said it time and time and time again. I still get DMs every single week asking me how the hell I talk to a camera every single day. And I've been doing it for 18, 19 months. And, you know, it works in every which way, I think. Again, another conversation I had was about email marketing and somebody said to me, I don't want to email people that have signed up to, that have subscribed to my emails because I don't want to piss them off. I don't, I don't want to seem degrading, but it made me laugh because people have signed up to your emails. They did that. You didn't do that. You didn't control that. You didn't take that action for them. I bloody hope you didn't. But they did that voluntarily because they want to hear from you and yet as small businesses some people are scared to email those people who have actively said I want to hear from you in the fear of pissing them off just just let's just say that again some small businesses I really hope this isn't you but if it is hopefully you can relate and understand where I'm coming from Some people are scared to email people who have actively said, I want to hear from you in the fear of pissing them off. So there's a couple of points on that and I'm going to turn it into a whole other thing. But just for the purposes of this, A, they've actively asked to hear from you. So they should absolutely hear from you. And B, there is an unsubscribe button for a reason. If you piss them off, you don't have control of their actions. They have control of their actions. They can unsubscribe whenever they want. I feel like we all need to stop being afraid of potentially offending somebody, potentially pissing somebody off in the fear of being cancelled or called out. There are some people that I follow that I absolutely outright know that like my mother would never follow. There's one guy, I think I've talked about him before, James Smith. He is an online personal trainer and 
just he kind of proved the point of just by swearing he drops the c-bomb a lot of the time which i know a lot of people are outright against but just by doing that he detracts people that aren't his people just by swearing you detract the people that don't agree with that and you attract the people that do now i'm not saying that you have to go and swear and or not swear or whatever but it just kind of reiterates the point uh point number seven i think we're on two more people two more say with me (laughs) uh point number seven was a bit of a hard hitter actually so i've just written not everyone knows what you know and again very apparent this week so i hosted a four and a half hour strategy session for a group small group seven people six people seven people on uh, social media and absolutely bloody lovely group of people really lovely and yet I'm still at that point where I question whether I'm doing enough I probably spent five six hours prior to that strategy session putting a document together putting slides together making sure it all looked perfect trying to get it up to my standard questioning is this enough should this be in here shouldn't this be in here have I done enough do they know this are they gonna be insulted by this am I going into too much detail am I not going into enough detail constantly did I sleep the night before I mean I did but not (laughs) it was pretty restless and yet going through the session itself and me talking about things which to me felt like I could talk about in my sleep, I could do in my sleep, I could do with my eyes closed and my hands tied by my back. It was brand new information for those individuals. And yet there's kind of two sides to that. There's firstly, not everybody knows what I know. And this isn't the first time this has come up, but I ha- it almost kind of makes me stop and go, this, this is my job. It's my job to know these things. It's not their job to know these things. And I don't know the first thing about HR, just like they probably don't know the first thing about digital marketing, and that's okay. And secondly, it made me kind of question, because it's common sense to me, it's second nature, it's I can do it in my sleep, it makes me question how I can charge for this stuff. And I know that I'm not alone in thinking that. But it made it in my diary, and that's why we're talking about it. But I felt really, really silly sending an invoice and for for me what for somebody that has some money hang-ups felt like a substantial amount of money and yet they were thrilled and they were over the moon and I got personal recommendations I got great testimonials and it was just it was a confidence boost but it was also a really stark reminder that I'm paid to do this stuff I'm paid to know these things they're not I don't know the first thing about HR I have one client who is now an ex-midwife but when we have conversations she'll often say oh I should know that and I have to remind her and it's instinct for me to remind her but not instinct for me to remind myself that I don't know I wouldn't know how to deliver a baby that's her thing just like why should she know what to post on Instagram, how to send out an email marketing campaign. That's my thing. 
And it's great that she wants to learn that. It's great that anybody wants to learn it. But reminding yourself that not everybody knows what you know is a really big thing for me. And then last but not least, point number eight. We're there. You made it. Well done. <laughs> um, it's quite a personal one, if I'm honest. And there was a couple of other personal ones, but I, I just don't really want to get into it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit too far. Maybe next time, if there's a next time. Um, and I think a lot of you will relate to this one and that and it just says I really miss my friends and my family and I felt really really disconnected in what is probably the most connected world it's ever been right now because we have to be um zoom fatigue is a thing you're allowed to come off socials if you need to you're allowed to not text people back within five minutes And I think it's just about reiterating that point of stay in touch with people, check in with people. The amount of people that I know, I've had a couple of kind of school friends that have messaged me out of the blue and said, I'm really sorry to see that you're feeling like crap. I just assumed that you were okay. Because I think that I can come across as the the strong one, the one that's got her crap together. I absolutely fucking don't <laughs> I really don't and it's I feel like not from a personal point of view but I feel like those are the people that we need to check on and you know if somebody snaps at you if somebody doesn't react the way that you want them to I would honestly beg you <laughs> to just take a minute take a breather take a step back and realize that we have no understanding of what people are going through And yet we're all in this really weird situation that none of us have been in before. And everybody handles it totally differently. Some people don't want to talk. Some people need you to ask them twice. And some people will probably blurt their heart and soul out to you. And they don't need advice. They might not need your opinions. They might just need you to listen. And that's okay. But if they snap, just take a breather. They don't mean any harm by it they don't mean to offend you they're just probably struggling a little bit and as I previously said I think October for me was such a lull month I just I felt like I just totally lost all of my mojo I couldn't I couldn't be bothered anymore and if it wasn't for my very few but bloody fabulous clients who you know I think with my work ethic I just I wouldn't have the heart to let them down or say no, (laughs) if it wasn't for them, I probably would have just spent the month in bed, chomping my way through bags of crisps and popcorn and chocolate and binging on Netflix series. So I think you all know the drill, but just be kind to other people and even strangers. Like, it it won't hurt you. Everybody's got that kind of side eye, like, ooh, have they got coronavirus? But just be kind, say hi, smile, your eyes smile too, even if we can't see your actual mouth through the mask. And more importantly, make sure that you're being kind to yourself as well, whatever that looks like for you. For me, that has been the odd glass of wine, maybe bottle. (laughs) It's been deleting Instagram when I need to. It's been lighting more candles than you could ever imagine so that when I open the door to my bedroom, it smells like absolute heaven. And writing stuff like this, getting it all out and just working my way through it. 
That doesn't mean that's what it's going to look like to you. But whatever it is, make sure it's for you. You're doing it for you and it helps you. But just be kind to yourself. And like I said, there's a couple of other personal bits, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> let's let's break me in gently. So that's it. I hope one of those lengthy points resonated, helped, or something. It's a bit heavy for a Wednesday morning, but I hope it helps. And it gives you nosy parkers an insight into what goes on in my head. <laughs> If you want to find out more about my four-week program, then I'll pop a link in the show notes. You can also find the link in my bio over on Instagram. And I'm popping out regular emails. I'm now up to three times a week on my emails with tips, tricks, marketing strategies, tactics, more insights like this. And yeah, just keeping up to date. And as always, if I can help you in any way, shape or form, then please feel free to get in touch even if you just want a friendly chat I'm a big fan of a voice note nowadays they're so much quicker than texting and yeah I think that's it from me I have got some incredible guests lined up for the next couple of weeks you're gonna absolutely bloody love them and I'm so excited for Christmas and New Year and a start of a new a start of a new year <laughs> But yeah, that's it from me. I hope you have a lovely rest of your week and I'll speak to you really, really soon. 